You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe Good morning, good morning, everybody. Today, I um, it's Wellness Wednesday, and <clears throat> I hope you are well. What is well? What does well mean? I don't know what well means. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you are coping. I hope you're making it. I hope you're managing it. I hope you. I hope you realize that uh, if you're having a tough day, um, you're not the only one. And reaching out to someone and asking for help. I mean, that's, that's what I thought we would talk about today. There is a, um, a friend of mine, a colleague in the industry. Um, it's probably going to be pretty obvious who I'm talking about, even though I'm not going to mention um, his name. But um, he's just gone dark on everyone. And, you know... The two of us were probably at similar points at the beginning of this whole crazy COVID crypto journey, Clubhouse, the three C's, right? Crypto, COVID, and Clubhouse. 
And uh, there was so much promise and potential um, for people that built um, equity and a base on Clubhouse and certainly within the crypto world, so much promise and potential. I still, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda with so many things. Um, remember, you know, like things, like little bits of, you know, first of all, um, I must have got, I must have received over like a million ROI in rewards. And and I just, you know, reinvested them into my coin, into my Jaffe coin through rally.io. Because I just wanted to build. I figured that this would be, you know, I would be able to retire on this. And uh, it was my 16-year-old at the time, probably 14, who said to me, you're an idiot, Dad, basically. You need to sell. You need to sell, 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 cash in, cash in, cash in. There were a lot of people who every week would take their rewards and use it to pay the rent and pay vendors. And I just kept reinvesting it. A million ROI throughout the life and through the, throughout the history of this coin and, um, you know, at the time, Rally was $1.32, and now it is uh, half a cent even. It's not even a penny. It's, uh, if you want to know the exact amount, well, thank you. You know, if you asked, I'll tell you. It is right now 0. 0.0062. So six tenths of a cent because zero point zero one would be a penny, and um, yeah, just all went uh, many decisions. I remember I was walking the dog. I was on the corner of just as you go out my driveway, turn left, and then there's a and then there's a, a road to the right. And I was on the corner, and I was listening to Gary V um, at the time um, in a clubhouse room talking about kind of like a, let's say a false start with V Friends 1, gas wars, didn't anticipate, you know, the whole thing was was like the speculation for people that were on the outside looking in is, oh, Gary V, um, you know, embarrassed himself. He, he, you know, didn't know what he was doing. He didn't anticipate the gas and the gas was high. And I was like, whoa, that sounds terrible. I didn't even know what gas was really properly. And, and I heard him I remember exactly like I could almost show you the blade of grass I was standing on and him saying, you know what I love about this? I was like, love about this? I mean, this wasn't a great launch. He's like, what I love about it is we all kind of lived through this together and we all made the mistake together and we're all learning and we're all growing and, you know, and imagine like like where we'll be, you know, in the future. And, and I was like, man, this guy is just a, you know... <laughs> what a bullshit artist I was thinking. Like what a, you know, just spinning this. Like he can talk his way out of anything. Um, and I remember in that same, you know, conversation that that uh, uh, he was, whether it was him or someone else was like, look, I suppose you could, you know, rather go with Bored Apes or or something punk. I think it was, obviously it was CryptoPunks. And I don't remember exactly at the time, um, what a board ape was going for, but it certainly wasn't what it is now. Um, we're talking about May of 2022, May of 2021. I'm sorry, May of maybe 2021. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, it definitely, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't last year, so May of 2021. It sounds insane. Um, and I think about all the money that I 
dumped and and in, and and wasted after that. Had I at that moment bought <clears throat> a bunch of V Friends ones, and I probably could have figured out a way to buy one or two board apes. I probably could have bought into all of that. What might have been? I think about that a lot. So there's lots of woulda, coulda, shouldas, and you know. Again, I've mentioned this many times. Dan Pink talks about regrets and says it's good to have regrets. It's good to look back. And, you know, I did ask him when he was on my show, what happens when you have like this, you know, this recurring regret? Like you just, you're stuck. You just can't move forward. I asked him that question, I remember. Um, But regardless, you can't change the past. And I think it's important to recognize that you can keep revisiting um, but it doesn't help. It just doesn't help. Um, it, it, there is, I don't think there is one, there is only one positive um, outcome from, from being able to post-mortem or revisit or, you know, and, and that is the learning. That's the learning. What did you do? Now, I will tell you that there's actually a little interesting build here because you can always justify to yourself that, I mean, I think there are three points, right? The first point is, um, the last point, which I'll just say briefly first, is this idea that, you know, everything happens for a reason and, um, you know, wasn't your time yet and, and all of that. That's, you know, the, the, you know, these are not the things that happen to you. These are the things that happen for you. Um, and, the second point is I guess you can justify that it actually wouldn't have been a good thing, but but that's you trying to convince yourself. Um, but the, the most important point is the ability to learn from it. What did you learn from it? Uh, and what is a learning at the end of the day? A learning at the end of the day is the ability for you to make <clears throat> a different decision next time. And I also just want to be clear. Sometimes, even if the same thing presents itself to you, you may end up making the same decision. You may actually end up at the same outcome. It's sometimes it's just the way it works. But if you can create some wisdom, if you can learn and grow from your opportunity, uh, from the experience, if and when another opportunity presents itself, maybe, possibly, you're going to end up making a different decision. And that should be quite uplifting. Again, doesn't mean you will ever have that opportunity again. That may have been your one shot and you didn't take it or you, or you, or you blew it. That's okay. Wasn't your time. Wasn't your time. And... You know, I I talk about this a lot. That, like, when I when I manifest or when I visualize my success, um, I've had success in the past. I'll have success again in the future. I think what a lot of people struggle with is when they've had success in the past and they can't emulate it again. Um, it is a huge anticlimax. You know, today they'll you'll hear you've aged out or, you know, it's passed you by. Yeah, it does happen. 
but you can have a different type of success. And by the way, without getting too philosophical on you, what is success? Is it status? Is it ego? Is it monetary? Or is it peace? Is it happiness? I'm saying things that sound so obvious. But if they were obvious, we wouldn't have an epidemic of depression and, and mental health crises and suicide and, and unfortunately the list continues and the list grows. Common sense is not that common. And at the end of the day, we've the only way to remind ourselves is to keep talking about it. Today, you know, I call this, if you see something, say something. It's the say something that's important. It's the ability to talk. Whether you talk to yourself, but not in a, you know, in a weird way. Whether you talk to, I don't know, a departed relative. Whether you talk to a therapist. Whether you talk to your community or support group. Just the ability to talk and talk it out. I feel like is 80% of the battle. When you go dark, when you go quiet, when you withdraw yourself, that's when you lose the battle or losing the battle. And so there are a couple of things that I want to say. Number one is, uh, and look, I know there's a lot of <clears throat> people that that trauma dump and, and whatever, but first of all, I think I think you would be I think people have to figure out the balance and find the line between sharing too much and not sharing enough. And probably if you're going to err in one side rather share too much than not enough. That's what I really believe. I'd like to believe most people believe that. Rather tell people too much than too little. In this case, less is more I don't think helps you. Obviously, there's excess on either end. But less is more I would not go with here. I'd say more is more. But obviously, it depends on who you're talking to. And You know, one of the things with EOS is um, we always start off with... Uh, Every meeting starts off with a check-in, personal and professional good news. And, um, you know, the other day, not the other day, it was a few weeks ago maybe, I said, look, to be honest with you, I don't have any personal good news. It's been a really tough week. And so I'm just going to embrace the suck. I'm just going to tell you I don't feel great at the moment. It's not a lot that's happening in, in my life on a personal basis that's making me happy. So I'm just going to wallow in it for a little bit. I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to just take it all in and hopefully next week will be better. But the ability to actually share is important. You would be surprised how many people are going through the same thing that you're going through. You'd be surprised. You'd be shocked. You might not be, but you probably would be. 
And I can tell you that um, I've been amazed by how many people are going through tough times. And, and you never, there's no way of knowing it. The irony is that it's the people that talk such a big game. Everything's great. Everything's, everything, you know, what's that? Everything is awesome from the Lego music. It's, it's the people that are just the braggadocious people, the people that are flexing. Those are the people you, I feel you almost need to worry about. Because I don't think that's a natural state. I don't think it's a natural state to tell everyone whether they ask or not how great things are. It just, I mean, there's a fine line as well. That's why we have humility. That's why we have the ability to, to and, and empathy. Because what does it say us? What does it tell us? It tells us that if we are telling people how great our lives are, there's an insensitivity that their lives may not be as great, that they may be struggling. So there's got to be care and sensitivity when someone says, how are things going? That you don't overshare both positive and negative. I think that's the point, right? When you overshare, when you trauma dump, but you can also overshare by sharing too much. And of course, the, the flip side of that is oftentimes it's not real. You know, oftentimes it's not actually what it is. These are people that are exaggerating. There's hyperbole, there's... There's some aspiration. There's some maybe even delusion. And, um, and that can be equally dangerous. So almost this, this fear of, of, whoa, just kind of like it sounds too good to be true. Things are too good to be true. They usually are. So I think that, I think that, um, you know, where does all of this live? All of this lives in social media. All of this lives in in this, you know, this uh, the Oz. It's the Wizard of Oz, where everyone's hiding behind those velvet curtains with with levers and bells and whistles and um, and smoke and mirror. And in this world of social media and doxing and undoxing and fake followers and bots um, and retouching and Photoshop and deep fakes and chat GPT, nothing, as it, nothing is as it seems. Nothing is real. Or maybe I should say, what is real? What is real? What is not real? Can you tell? Is it easy? Is it obvious? Um, I, I did a, a podcast. I do monthly. I do the Beancast, you know, marketing podcast where I sit on a panel and uh, apparently Facebook slash Meta is coming out now with a, a new policy that anything that has been created with AI has to be disclosed. So I guess, you know, looking to weed out everything from generative AI to um, 
to deep fakes, not weed it out, but actually be very clear about what is real, what is not, this kind of disclosure. I always say, you know, it goes back to that that um, Bob Garfield line, right, which is 50% of Americans are dumber than the other half. Uh, that is statistically proven. And if that is statistically proven, then one in every two is, you know, more likely to be gullible or susceptible or fooled or duped. Just because you're the smartest person in the room doesn't mean that everyone else is. And so in this world of social media, things are not always as they seem. And it's just created a different kind of a flywheel, a flywheel of mental health crisis where the best thing you can do is to switch off, is to take a clarity break, is to pause, is to wean yourself off. <clears throat> but more importantly is to talk to human beings. And I don't care whether that means talking to them in a Discord in the morning in a coffee or, or even through direct message in a Telegram or WhatsApp or iMessage, Slack, but, but actually communicate with other humans. I'm not necessarily saying in-person is better than, than virtual. But I am saying talking is talking. And you can talk and communicate and converse and collaborate and commiserate and support in a variety, in a multitude of ways. But what happens when someone is struggling? What do you do? You know, I remember uh, David Berkowitz was on my show and he said how much he abhors the statement, hope all is well, that we put in all of our emails. And he said he just doesn't do that anymore. And if he does it, he does something along the lines of hope all is well and if it isn't, please let me know what I can do. Because you don't want to just use that as a throwaway. What if it isn't? It's almost like this idea of you, um, I don't know, you, uh, you kind of, it's like calling a bluff, if you will. If you know what I mean. You, uh, you call a bluff. You say, hey, I hope all is well, and if it isn't, yeah, just let me know. And like, well, actually, thank you for thank you for asking. Things are not great at the moment. Well, you're like, oh, well, I, I, uh, that was just a, um, it was just a, um, a courtesy. <laughs> I didn't actually think you were going to do anything about it. I didn't actually think, like, you wanted me to help you, really. Did you? So that's, that's the other thing as well. When you offer someone help, are you prepared to help? Are you prepared to follow through? It's another problem as well. It's too much uh, lip service. Superficial, you know, greetings. I remember when I came to the, to the U.S., I always marveled at the fact that, you know, in South Africa, we'll, you know, we'll greet, like informally, we'll say, how's it? 
Like, how is it? How's it? And then uh, the other person will say, fine, and you? And then you go, I'm, you know, I'm great. But in America, you go, hey, what's up? How are you doing? What's going on? And then if someone says, how's it going? Oh, you know, actually, uh, thanks for asking. Um, it's been a bit tough, you know. Business has been and like, uh, I didn't ask you how you were. I was just going, hey, what's up? It's a problem. Why do we just greet each other and not actually want to take that one step further? How are you? My brother and I always joke because I'll call him. I'll go, I'll go, how's it? And he'll go, fine and you. And I'll go, fine and you. And he'll go, fine and you. And I'll go, fine and you. And he'll go, fine and you. And I'll go, fine and you. And we could like literally do that for minutes on end. I'd rather have that than, hey, what's up? How's it going? What's going on? And all of that just becomes just a hello. And that's it. Let's get down to business. So, what do you do when someone's struggling? This person that I'm talking about built an entire platform around mental health awareness. Spoke and preached to people that you should reach out and check in and see that someone's okay. That's what, that's what you should do. Don't stand, you know, don't be silent on the sidelines. And now this person has basically gone dark on everyone around. And the fact that this person is not walking their talk is even more shocking. They've barely updated their social media in months. They've gone completely dark on social media, Discord, everything. So I've just decided that, um, in fact, I'm going to do it right now. Texting them, and I'm saying, talking about you in the collective cafe this morning. Not sure I'm going to post or upload the conversation. And to be honest, no one is here right now. So I'm just talking to myself. There we go. Why don't you join me? And I'll put the URL. Look, I took a position. I took a position when it was clear something was up. I reached out to a few people this person is friendly with. They all echoed the same thing. I don't know what to do about them. They've just gone dark. They're barely talking. They're barely communicating. And um, and it's clear that they're not doing well. It's clear that they're, that their mental health is not great. It's clear that they're potentially in a depression of sorts. 
And I decided that, you know what, I'm just, so, so what am I going to do? I'm going to reach out once, twice, three times, and then go, well, screw you. You didn't respond to me. I'm out. No. Every single day, I'm going to text them. Yesterday, I even called them. Went and, and it went like straight to, to voicemail, which I think indicated that they just declined the call. I think probably they'll they'll block me at some point. Um but yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing it every single day. Because what if I'm the only person doing it? What if everyone's given up on them? What if they're giving up on themselves? If you see something, say something. Or if you don't hear something, say something. It's too important. We always somehow um, underestimate the, or, or just don't even appreciate how many other people are going through the same, similar, even worse circumstances than ourselves. Why is that? That's probably part of the depression. When we think how unlucky we are, how bad our lives are, how difficult our lives are. And you know, the natural response to that is, you know, there's starving people in Ethiopia. There are displaced people in Gaza. There are um, people imprisoned, held hostage by terrorist Hamas. There are people that were murdered and massacred in Israel. It, it, it's true. It's all true. But it doesn't help. It doesn't help to be told that your problems are not significant or important and that other people have got it much worse than you. I'm no therapist, but it's clear to me that the best thing to do is to be able to, to listen, to hear, to hear them out, to give them a voice, to give them a platform. And then through empathy, just to be able to just validate what they're feeling, validate them and what they're feeling. I'll tell you, it's tough. I am probably the worst at it when it comes to my own family. My wife tells me something, um, immediately I go into problem-solving mode. I'm kind of like that in business too. I struggle, I get, I don't know if it's that I get uncomfortable I can handle it. It's just that I just want to solve the problem. This person said this to me. Well, you tell them what they can do themselves. That's not the point. You should not be friends with them anymore because of what they said or what they did or what they didn't say or what they didn't say. It's like, what are you talking about? It's my best friend. Why would I want not want to be friends with them? When we leap into problem-solving mode, we basically discount the problem. Hmm, it's 
quite profound. I'm going to write that down. When we leap into problem-solving mode, we essentially minimize the problem. I'm going to change it. When we leap immediately, when we immediately, what's the best grammar? When we immediately leap into problem-solving mode, we essentially minimize the problem. Got to say, that was quite profound. It's true. Instead, we need to be able to be there. Support is just being able to kind of, you know, listen, validate. And then there are other things you can do too, like to normalize. You know, one of the things that, that's part, of, again, of the EOS whole approach is to normalize. I mean, part of the message is you're not special. But that's not the message at all. The message is you're normal. Tens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of, of businesses, of owners, of entrepreneurs have gone through the same journey as you. You are normal and this is normal. which is not to discount it, it's just to say you're in good company. And the good news is that this too shall pass. And the good news is there is a plan. And the good news is there is a path. And the good news is there is a process. And the good news is there is a plan to move forward, to solve, to be able to help you break through the ceiling when you've hit the ceiling. That's got to feel good. But first it begins by being able to hear, to listen, to learn, to absorb, then to normalize, and then to create a plan, a path, a roadmap forward. I mean, if you think about it, can you imagine, going back to the entrepreneurial story, imagine if the, if the reverse were true. You know, you are the first entrepreneur in the history of business or you're the first solo entrepreneur, the first consultant or the first thought leader or the first author or the first, you know, going back to my friend in this case. You're so unique. This is the, you're the first use case in the world to go through this. Of course you're not. Now, the, 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 the execution might be different. There are some, there are some um, un- I, I, look, I believe I am unique. I believe I'm extremely unique. And, um, I mean, if I look at my own, if I look at my own case, Certainly wasn't unique in terms of what COVID represented, but plus heart surgery, plus losing my mom, plus Jaffe Coin, plus this crazy pivot of becoming a talk show host. Yeah, that does make me somewhat unique. 
And if I look at my background and I look at my bio as an immigrant and I add to that other things like, you know, like my credentials and the books I've written and past successes and keynote in 51 countries, I'm pretty sure that I'd be in very um, sparse company. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's kind of not a good thing because that means nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to be weird. I mean, we're, actually, I, I completely take that back because of the conversation I had with Neil Conlon. Weird is actually good. Weird is supernatural. Weird is not of this earth. I do want to be weird. But we want to be in, in company, in good company. We don't want to be alone. I think that's the point I was trying to make. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons and beliefs, I think, why um, celebrities are, goes back to my conversation with, uh, with Roberto Blake, why celebrities are so insecure. Because they really are not in good company. They're not in, when I say good company, quantity-wise. They have to live in their own bubble with their own kind. They have to, you know, meet, you know, the way they meet partners and spouses at their own dues and gatherings and they can't live a normal life. They are accosted and, and chased by paparazzi and, and, and they've been, you know, their success has separated them and in doing so has isolated them. Sometimes it's great to just be normal. Normal, what is normal? Again, normal is such a problematic word, but I'm talking about just, just you know, like the every the every man to one of the Jungian archetypes. It's kind of what we want. It's kind of what we want. We want to we want to be able to just be able to live a normal life. Identify with people, have people identify with us, relate to people, have people relate to us. We want to be relatable. I think deep down that's what we want. And so, you know, this person, um, I just can't give up on them. Whether that makes me completely stubborn, maybe I'm doing this for myself and not for them. I don't know. I don't care. I've thought about actually very publicly now tweeting them. I probably won't, but I've thought about being able to say, this is not okay. What you're doing is not okay. And I'm just going to draw more and more attention to this and to you and to have more people do the same until eventually you you reach out. But I probably won't. I just want to. Because I also realize and recognize that I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. In general, specifically. I just think, you know, again, as, as the statement goes, if you see something, say something. When your friends need you, you need to be there for them. They don't have to reach out to you. You can reach out to them. 
But when they do reach out to you, be there for them. Hello to uh, to Will and to Bez. You know, we're talking about, I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about one person in particular, I think we probably know who I'm talking about, who's gone dark on everyone, on social media, through text messaging, on Discord. They've just withdrawn completely. And and I'm talking about what 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 is our responsibility? What is our obligation as a friend, as a colleague, as a as a peer, as a human being? Do we reach out? Do we say something? And if they don't respond, do we just go, well, you know, tried, did my best, moving on, too bad? Or do we say, you know what? Not gonna give up on you. Not now. Gonna just, just gonna keep trying. Because as I said to you, what if you're the only one? What if you're the only one? Can you imagine that? What if you're the only one that actually is trying? Can you imagine that if you're the only one that made the effort? Scary thought. Sometimes we, um, I learned about the, uh, I mean, tell you today about, uh, I'm just going to actually Google it so I can say to you the correct, the correct way. Do, 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 so I'm going to actually, I'm going to a wiki. I'm just going to read it on uh, Wikipedia. But there was a there was a test. It's called the Ringelman effect. The Ringelman effect is the tendency for individual members of a group to become increasingly less productive as the size of their group increases. This effect discovered by French agricultural engineer Maximilien Ringelman illustrates from you know born 1861, died 1931, illustrates the inverse relationship that exists between the size of a group and the magnitude of group members' individual contribution to the completion of a task. While studying the relationship between process loss and group productivity, uh, Ringelman found, this was in 1913, that having group members work together on a task, e.g. pulling a rope, actually results in significantly less effort than while individual members are acting alone. Ringelman discovered that as more and more people are added to a group, the group often becomes increasingly inefficient, ultimately violating the notion that group effort and team participation reliably lead to increased effort on behalf of the members. So I'm trying to find this study. This is uh, Psychology 101. Um, but but the example that I learned about or learned from was exactly that with like a this idea with a tug of war where you know they had one person um, I think the study goes something like this uh, one person pulling on the rope and you know pulled with let's say two hundred units of of force and then they added a second one and now there was four hundred units of force and then they added a third 
and it was 600 units of force, and then they added a fourth, 800 units of force, and then they added a fifth, and it actually went down from 800 to like 650. And so what they did is, uh, and so what they did is, years later, um, and I'm just trying to see right now. It's so weird. Um, I guess people can't hear me. Bez, can you hear me? Bez, just I'm assuming you can hear me because you haven't said anything. Uh, but just put in the chat if you uh, if you can hear me. I see. Uh, I'm definitely. Uh, my little box looks like I'm talking, so it's so weird. I would just say maybe just uh, get out of Discord and come back in. Discord can be like this sometimes. Anyway, what I was saying is um, years later, they did the study again and with one, two, three, four, and then they brought in four actors who literally did not pull at all. And what they found is that once they added five, six, seven, and eight, that again, the actual total, the total force exerted was less than when it was just four people. So there is a dynamic that happens when teams get too big and when people expand. And, and, it's, and it's really like this idea that, hey, I don't need to do it because somebody else will. And, and that's really the essence of what this comes down to. Even though we're talking about mental health, we're talking about one person today and how we can help them. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the worst thing that we can ever get to or do is to believe that somebody else will do it instead of us. I'll invite you up, Will, and see if maybe that helps and bears. Um, Let's see if that works. So we'll come come off mute and let's just see if that works. If you can. You may not still be able to hear me. Now I can hear you, but just barely. That's so weird. Uh, Bez just said good morning. And uh, let's see if he can hear us. He can hear me fine. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and, and my sound is up. Yeah, I was just saying I was just saying that like in in a situation and it could be anything, right? It could be where a friend uh oh that's weird. He said, "But I did not hear until now." So weird. All right, so everyone can hear me. So I was I was just saying, you know, today I've been spending time and, you know, for about 30 30 35 minutes of the session, I was just here by myself. And you know, I was talking about how we, you know, we, we, we're spectators. Like, well, let me put it, let me put it, rephrase it. We should never be a spectator to our own life. And we should never be a spectator to life. And when we believe, that's the Ringelman effect in play, which is when we believe that someone else is going to do something that we could do, that is a red flag. Because if they believe the same thing and the next person believes the same thing, guess what happens? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. That's when a bully uh, continues to bully. That's when injustice continues to be uh, exerted. 
That's when someone who is who is ailing or 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 suffering uh, or depressed or isolated will continue not only to feel that way but feel worse. When you believe somebody else is going to pick up the ball and run with it, that's the Ringelman effect. That's why in a small business, a small team, um, there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide because you're so small and so scrappy and, you know, and that, that you can't afford to give any slack on that rope. You have to pull. Everyone has to pull hard. Everyone has to pull their weight. That's why in a large company, there is so much fat and fluff and lethargy and waste because it's so easy to slip through the cracks or to hide behind someone. Take your paycheck and leave. It just isn't that hunger and that intensity. There is so much safety insecurity and security and safety. So going back to the entrepreneurial journey, it is a tough journey. It is a painful journey. It's a journey where there isn't much room for error. There's not much margin to slack off. We all know this. We all see this as solo entrepreneurs. If I don't show up today, I don't get paid. If I'm sick and ailing, I can't just choose to take off, take a sick day because I won't get paid. And that is scary and that is intense. But it's why mental health matters more so more than ever. It's why you need a support structure and a support group. It's, an, it's why you need to ask for help. And I think the aha here is you may be an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, a freelancer, working for yourself, working alone, but if, if you recognize that you're actually part of maybe the largest community in the whole world of small business owners or entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs or creators or whatever you want to call them, that's when you can actually create this incredible support and structure through community. I mean, I see this, by the way, every, every week. There are over... 700 uh, implementers, coaches now, and every Monday, um, you know, this is what my Monday basically looks like. Nine, eight to nine, I have the Collective Cafe. Nine to 10, we have implementer meetings where we actually, it's, it's really an issues hour where we discuss everything but biz, business development. So having a problem with a client or a specific industry or, or, or a question about a session or what to do in a tough situation. From 10 to 11, there is a business development call. And every other week we do, we do role play exercises. And then, the, and then the alternating week we have business development, what we call IDS, issue solving track. And it doesn't stop there. 12 to 1, I meet with three implementers that I went to boot camp with. We formed our own little T group, our own little support group. And then typically 2 to 3, 
I have a business development call with a few of the local Fairfield-based implementers that I work with. And then 3.30 to 5, we have our L10 meeting, which is our status meeting, Outpace Enterprises, which is the seven or eight uh, Fairfield and Tri-State area implementers, coaches. That's a lot of support. Maybe it's too much. Maybe you could look at it and say, whoa, whoa, Joe, that's your whole Monday. You wasted your whole day from, you know, 8 to 11 with a break from 11 to 12, a break, so one hour break, a break from, from um, let's say, 1 to 2. That's two hours, a break from 3 to 3.30. That's two and a half hours between 8 and 5 to do actual work. But think about the value that comes from these interactions. These are not boring meetings. If they were, I wouldn't attend. Because remember, at the end of the day, I work for myself. I coach EOS. I'm a professional implementer. I have a relationship, a franchise relationship with EOS, but I work for myself. And even Outpace Enterprises, which is this you know, collection of, of where we all contribute and chip in and pay a fee that covers our an executive, an office assistant and, and our session rooms, etc. But we still work for ourselves, which means I'm independent, I'm autonomous. You know, I can get to the buffet and decide if I want to eat or not or pay or not pay for it or make it myself, I get to choose. If I don't show up, then I don't show up. But I would hope that if if three or four weeks go by, that someone would reach out to me and say, Joe, is everything okay? Because I haven't seen you around. You haven't shown up to our T group. You haven't been in our L10 meeting. I haven't seen you in the BizDev calls. You haven't shown up to the collective cafe. Is everything okay? That should be the first thing we always say when someone's been away for a while or when we don't see them and we notice them. We should hope that we notice them. And the answer could be, yeah, everything's great. I've just been so busy that I haven't had the time. I've had sessions that I've had to book on Mondays because you know Tuesday through Friday is a good problem to have. I hope you know from my mouth to God's ears. The fact that someone actually showed enough to care means everything. Um, Slick says, as a solo entrepreneur, it would be nice to know if you're on the right track. Not necessarily asking something to be done, but just to know you should keep going or try something different. 100%. And the only way to determine that is to be around people like you. And actually, you know, remember, this is me now in 2023 after pretty much doing everything else, keynoting, lecturing, teaching, workshopping, facilitating, moderating, you know, consulting, but I never coached, never called myself a coach. Actually, that's not true. I mean, I, I have coached before, but five-year-olds and six-year-olds playing soccer. <laughs> I've coached all three of my kids. Turns out I'm actually quite a tough coach. You know, I'm I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. I look like a little pussycat, but I'm a lion. I'll kick your ass. 
if I need to because I care and I love you. But, but re- I'd never coached. I'd never had a coach. Slick, let me tell you, re- talk about regrets. Biggest mistake I'm, maybe I made was not having a mentor and or a coach. And now I'm surrounded by fellow coaches. So I don't, still don't necessarily have a mentor per se, but I have enough people within this, certainly this EOS ecosystem to give me, you know, that I look up to and that I can learn from. And I, and I use the opportunity. So the advice to you is simple. And I'm doing it right now. I'm actually doing the very thing now, which is, first of all, you've got to show up right? The most important thing is to show up. Second thing is when you don't show up, know that, you know, have someone actually is going to reach out and say, why didn't you show up? And now it depends. Like if you, you know, if you have an accountability partner, so do you have an accountability partner? Do you have a coach? Do you have a mentor? And if the answer is no, no, and no, is there a community, a peer group that you can participate or belong to some cost money some don't it's the power of community at the end of the day a group of strangers who care about each other a little bit more than they should it's my definition you know that definition and even when we think about eos you know eos is built on an abundance mindset and mentality which is that there should be enough to go around. It's basically like, you know, it's just human nature that when you talk to someone, how's it going? Oh, it's amazing. I've got 10 clients now. And I'm like, oh, you know, we went to the same boot camp. You've got 10 clients and I've only got four. What's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? And of course, I forget the fact that I could talk to someone else who is at my boot camp who have zero clients. It's all relative. So the person that's got 10 can help me and and the person that's got 10 can help the person with zero and the person who's got four me can help someone who's got zero and this is what we could do. So Slick says no to all three but did try to reach out to my local SBA. Um, Something else you can do. I actually started it and I've been a little slack as well. Not slack, slick, slack, slick. (laughs) Um, Find and contact your local chamber of commerce. Like here, there's one in Bridgeport, there's one in uh, Norwalk, there's one in Fairfield, which is local. They have events every single month. There's a coffee, I think it's $15. And I went to one of them. I don't know why I didn't go to, I should have gone to four or five of them by now. And I went to another mixer as well. And, you know, do that today, like right now. Like, go to your find, your local chamber of commerce, look at their events, and join the next breakfast or mixer or whatever the case may be. Whether it's a source for just biz dev or new business or just just hanging out with other people like you. And it may not be specialized enough. You may want to find um, a peer group, ultimately, that's in your specific vertical. Or just in general, like entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs or whatever the case may be. 
So it's like a kind of a, like it's vertical, horizontal, and diagonal, right? One is all entrepreneurs, you know, two is just community in general, and three is your actual industry. Like for me, I'm lucky because, you know, I live in variety of communities. EOS is a community in of itself, which is all the whole business coaching, leadership coaching. Um, but then there's the whole Web3 crypto one as well. And then there's like, you know, still my kind of advertising digital media one. So those are those have been my three. And, and to be honest with you, there's a fourth one if I even choose, which is the whole keynote speaking author one. So there are lots of communities out there, and, and Venn diagram. You know, there there are several overlaps. You know, a guy like Mitch Joel for me, my brother from another mother. He's a content creator. He's a blogger. He's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. He's an agency guy. He's an author. He's a speaker. That's why we get on so well. We have so much in common to talk about. Um, Slick says, should it be close to where you live or where you do business or both? Absolutely close to where you, uh, I mean, both, but close to, you know, so uh, having a, if I live in Fairfield, if I live in Fairfield County um, and I work in New York City, um, but generally I, I would say if you had to choose one, where you live in general, because it brings a little bit more, it makes it a little bit more personal. So that's what I would say. But, but you know, if, if I, but why not both? If I live in Fairfield County and I work in Stamford, it's just New York City is huge, right? So it's, I don't know how you would go to a New York City Chamber of Commerce. But there are lots of like little breakfasts and little groups and, and but find people, find that support, find people that are just like you. And then the last thing I'll say today is the power of reciprocity. Every time somebody gives you something, give some, not necessarily give them back. I mean, offer to give them back. See if they want something back. Oftentimes people don't want anything back. But make sure you give something to someone else. So today we started off with, if you see something, say something. And I end this with, if you get something, give something. And that way you just keep the cycle going. So I have to think long and hard, do I want to even post this? Um, I think I can probably in, in so far that not a, it, it's, not, it's not like this is you know, being listened to by 100,000 people. I didn't say this person's name, even though it's fairly obvious. Um, but I'm not prepared to give up on them. And I, hope, and I hope they're not prepared. I hope they're not ready to give up on themselves either. If you see something, say something. And I will see you so you can say something tomorrow. Have a wonderful day, everybody. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.